green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, March 14th. This week's theme, Finding Hope in a World of Angst and Despair. Today's scripture readings from John chapter 16, verses 31 to 33 from the New International Version, which reads, Do you now believe, Jesus replied, A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We are a people who have experienced hope through communion, through baptism, which is to say, through a vital and ever-realized and revitalized and intimate connection with God established through Jesus and sustained by the empowering breath of His Spirit. Well, that was a mouthful. Well, being a people who experience hope We then become a people who help others to find hope in the midst of a world that too often seems hopeless, even as we continue to discover and rediscover that same hope ourselves. Hence our theme this week of finding hope in a world of angst and despair, which is a world climate that doesn't appear to be changing anytime soon. In fact, we seem to be adrift on a rising tide of pessimism and anger, angst and despair. But then, this is nothing new. In his book, Patient Ferment, The Improbable Rise of Christianity in the Roman Empire, author Alan Crater writes that in the decade of the 250s AD, Cyprian, the Bishop of Carthage in North Africa, had a plate full of problems. Within the church, he was involved in conflicts with the confessors, note, the confessors are those who didn't back down from their faith when under government threat and intimidation, with lapsed rich people who did back down, and even with the Bishop of Rome. Outside the church, he and other Christians faced waves of hostility from the imperial authorities. And there was no one inside the church or outside it who had not been seared by an epidemic that had terrified all of North Africa, killing innumerable people. Some Christians were disheartened and losing hope. Others, having received violent treatment by their non-Christian neighbors, wanted revenge against people who had tormented them. The world seemed out of control. Amid it all, Cyprian, as bishop, wanted to keep Christians true to their tradition. This, at its heart, meant embodying the Christian good news, bearing it in their bodies and actions, living the message visibly and faithfully so that outsiders would see what the Christians were about and, ideally, would be attracted to them. 
So in 256 AD, Cyprian wrote a treatise of encouragement for his people. Beloved brethren, he wrote, we are philosophers not in words, but in deeds. We exhibit our wisdom not by our dress, but by truth. We know virtues by their practice rather than through boasting of them. We do not speak great things, but we live great things. This, in a proverbial nutshell, is what these next five weeks of our devotional journey are all about, leading us right up to the threshold of Easter and hopefully ushering us in through the door. What Cyprian and his generation experienced, we experience. Our world seems out of control, too, with conflicts within and without. Or as Jesus put it to his increasingly anxious disciples on that dark night in the upper room before Gethsemane, in the world you will have tribulation. Tribulation is a word that means to be crushed or pulverized like olives or grapes in a press. The world will crush you like a heavy millstone rolled over you again and again and again would be a more amplified translation. Not exactly an encouraging word. But the one that precedes and follows it is. And it's where we're going over these next five weeks. In me you may have peace. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There is hope in, through, and beyond the all-too-often crushing weight of the world. Wait for it. So now, listen carefully and prayerfully to this second reading of today's text. What do you see? What pops out to you as you hear this text a second time? And what, what question is stirred? What nudge are you sensing? Pause and reflect as you are led. Do you now believe, Jesus replied? A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. How do you personally handle a world out of control? What do you do to cope with it? How can we move beyond coping to hoping? in sustainable, life-giving ways. How are you being challenged to embody hope in our world, rather than merely reflecting back or even adding to its angst and despair? In what small way might you do this today right where you are? Now, when you're ready, close today's reflection with prayer. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Remind me of this truth today, Lord. Let me carry it. Let me embody it. Let me live it. With Cyprian of old, let me be reminded that we are philosophers not in words, but in deeds. Let me not merely say great things about hope. Let me live it. Let your hope planted in me yield an ever-growing harvest of hope in the lives of those around me. Through your Spirit, in, upon, and through us. Now may the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.